0: Before we get into this episode of Conversations with Dwyer, I want to invite you to check out themattdwyer.com. There you can find merchandise like t shirts or phone cases with the logo created by Charlene Yi, And you could become a Patreon subscriber. $5 a month gets you everything you could want. There's bonus material, videos, extended interviews, blogs. I sometimes do a podcast that solely lives on Patreon where I talk to comedians about the music they like, The themattdwyer.com. Explore it. Also, all social media is there. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast or padcast. If you're from Chicago, it's a Uh, padcast. Speaking of music, that song that played me in is called Hit the Breaks. It is by Plosives. And one of the members of that band is, I'll say, the legendary Rob Crow. You may know him from, also from, Pinback, Goblin Cock, many of his uh, releases under his name, Rob Crow as well as, as I've discovered on Reddit, 50 other projects that he either fronts or plays on. 50. That's insane. That is a man who is a creative uh, force, we'll say. I got distracted here because my phone dinged. A pet peeve of mine. But anyway, the song Plosives is a new band of his, and he did it with John Reese of Hot Snakes uh, and Rockets from the Crypt, Drive Like Jehu. who... And Adam Willard from Against Me. And Jordan Clark from Mrs. Magician. So that's uh, quite the lineup of people. Even though I read it, did it sound like I was reading? Uh, that's a single. The album will be out in early 2022. Uh, on on uh, Swami, the Swami record label, which is uh, John Reese's label. Uh, there is, the single is out, so that's how I got it. I purchased the single. I didn't, I didn't stream it. I purchased it, as you should do with all music. Also, Plosives is playing, if you, if you listen to this episode, as it's released, they're playing November 5th at Alex's in Long Beach and at Quarter Yard, Court Yard, court, Quarter Yard, in San Diego on the 6th. I hope I typed that into my notes correctly. But if you're from San Diego, you could probably Google it and find it out. So my apologies if I fucked up the name of that venue. Anyway, this is a great chat with Rob Crow. I've been a fan of Pinback since the very early days of Pinback and all of his other music and Goblin Cock. And I used to put him on my mixes when I bartended and people would be like, these are good songs. And I'd be like, thank you for affirming me. (laughs) (laughs) Um Anyway, uh also just a side note I have to mention is uh at a point in at the, at the in our conversation my daughter came into my little booth where I record these and a scared the shit out of me. But also it interrupted the flow of the conversation. I tried to edit it out and make it seem like it didn't happen, but it was it spun our direct our conversation into another direction, so I kind of had to keep it in there. Otherwise, um It just would look weird, and I try to keep it... The flow, sometimes I do edit things out, but I'd like to keep that flow. Keep it flowing and natural and free, man. Like we all should be. Natural and free. Uh, By the way, this is... uh, Rob and I talked for an hour and 42 minutes, and you get 55 minutes here. But if you become a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to, you could just pause this, become a Patreon subscriber, and go listen to us talk unedited for a hundred, not a hundred, for an hour and 42 minutes. Patreon. And you can get to my Patreon at themattdwire.com. And if you are looking to build your own website, Kelly R. Dwyer, you can go to kellyrdwyer.com. She does my website. She does my favorite murder. She does ologies. She does a bunch of really great websites. And if you need a really great website, go to Kelly R. Dwyer, contact her, and she will help you create a website just for you, just special for you. Woo. This has been a long intro, man. But there was a lot to get out. I try not to make these intros long. Anyway, plosives, Rob Crow, KellyR.Dwyer.com, themattdwyer.com. Enjoy my conversation with the. And you know what? I I just want to say this should have been called, this episode should be called, The Wisdom of Rob Crow, because he has a lot of wise things to say. He's a very insightful and smart dude. And I really enjoyed talking to him. What part of Jersey did you grow up in?
1: Oh, my parents split up, so I was bopping around a bit. There was, uh, let's see, uh, like Lindenwald, uh, mostly in like um, Collingswood, between Collingswood and, um, oh, fuck, what township. Uh, Like on weekends, I'd be in this, uh, I don't remember, what the name of the township is, I'd spend my weekends... Is it all, like, very... It, but total piney, like, Pine Barren Farms and... Oh, wow. and... So not even aban- suburbs. Abandoned, uh, uh, you know, little barns and various pornographic materials in the woods, <laughs> What <laughs> Boy, that is, uh... That's something... Because that was
0: like finding gold when you're, like, a young boy. Because I remember I that clearly... And just weird, like, like why did somebody, like, I, I, I don't know if one wants to ponder why there was porn magazines in the middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> uh, that but, was Yeah, it's not the kind of gold I'd want to be sifting through. Yeah. <laughs> Other than I, with my feet. I mean, it was nothing compared to what my dad just had lying around anyway. yeah yeah
0: my dad had stuff like scattered throughout like all over the house like he had it hidden and i'm uh, like my dad (laughs) not
1: hidden on my end oh really (laughs) it's just out uh it's the 70s man i can't (laughs) imagine (laughs) yeah i remember going to work with
0: my dad too and there was like a stack of magazines in the in the men's room and i was just like Mm -hmm. I, i think i was like 10 and it was just like really confusing of like I couldn't figure out why they were just in the men's room. It was very strange to me. <laughs> hmm. But yeah. did, uh, what, cause I, cause I saw that you made a comment about like you, you were into the residence and Captain mm-hmm. Beefheart. Yeah. And I was just, cause I was thinking of like, I think we're roughly in the same age range and like, I was just like, man, that stuff is like, was so foreign to me until, like much later into life. And I was wondering when that sort of entered into your world.
1: Um, let's see. As I always had a, a really huge interest in music that was, you know, tougher, weirder. I was not happy with what was on the radio usually, even though at the time at least you had like uh, some of the kinks and the who and, stu- and stuff like that, at least trying to get a little weird. And um but yeah, I was into and I remember distinctly in fourth grade just being into anything with a synthesizer in it, and like the only thing I could find was like tubeway army and uh, uh and like tangerine dream I was really into um just just any weird thing, and I think the first time well, I always saw the, the Residence album covers and was like, oh and then." read about the the concept of the one minute song, the commercial album. And I always thought that was the coolest thing. And uh, a lot of my, you know, years of my earliest stuff is like, oh, let's see how much, if I can make that shorter and weirder. And, you know, there was a lot of <laughs> trying to do my own version of the commercial album for a lot of early bands I was in. <sighs>
0: yeah, it's, yeah, there was guys and who were older than me who were into the residents and some stuff, but I don't think it quite. I don't know. Was it very much like what? Well, I guess it wasn't classic rock then, but like in my town and, and and what I grew up with, it was like it was the Doors, it was Zeppelin, it was all that stuff, and it's like to be. I don't know. I thought. I thought it was interesting that you were able to find that sort of stuff early on
1: because it seemed. I went to, a lot of. Uh, th- uh, how do you say uh like the Berlin auction um like flea markets and things with my dad who's always trying to find i don't know what he was trying to find really but uh i'd go through all the dollar records it was <laughs> it's funny they were dollar then they're dollar now <laughs> <laughs> just go through all the records and uh try to find anything with a <laughs> with like it looked like maybe that's a synthesizer on the cover and you'd get sometimes you'd get like the raddest album cover like Starbuck and it'd just be like nope that's not happening would you Uh, and you would just buy anything that sort of even gave the hint of being different uh, yeah yeah I would try to so I like sometimes you'd look upon like clones of Dr. Funkenstein (laughs) (laughs) Wow
0: Yeah Lou Barlow pointed out to me That, that the in, When he was on the show That like The 80s At least for where he was Was like a really Mixed radio time Because he's like You would have Rap And you would have Like New Wave And then you would have Like a Zeppelin And I was like I didn't I seemed to miss that But I guess it makes sense That there was so much Happening in the 80s That some of the stations Might have been really Mixed in that approach
1: Well, I I try to stay away from the radio in general. Um, I knew, yeah, early on, I knew that I wasn't going to, you know, everything was shaped to make people want a certain kind of thing. And if you wanted to like find any good stuff, you know, aside from maybe Dr. Demento who would sometimes play like the residents or even the descendants or things like that, you you weren't going to, or even things making fun of punk rock, it was closest to punk rock. I was going, Oh yeah. But you know what? The, the, the thing, the the a thing that really got me going was, uh, when HBO started playing over the edge, um, <clears throat> and that had like the Ramones and some good cheap trick and stuff. And I got, I had a little Panasonic tape recorder I got for, uh, Christmas. And I would just record all the music parts off of over the edge And uh, wedge the the tape recorder in the in the in the handlebars of my bike, and just drive around, (laughs) ride around, listening to like those one minute snippets of, you know, thirty seconds to one minute snippets of songs, over and over again. and then try to find those things.
0: Is over the edge the Stallone arm wrestling movie, or am I remembering that? That's over the
1: top. Should I I be embarrassed right now that I made this mistake? No, no, man, no reason to be embarrassed by anything. (laughs) What? When was the? Because I find it interesting that you were. uh,
0: When can you put like an age to when you were like, all right, the radio's bullshit. This is not going to give me what I want. Is is there like a specific time where you
1: remember that curiosity, or that at least fourth grade? Wow. Yeah, yeah. If not earlier. because, you know, and, uh, it was not, um, a cool thing to be, <laughs> it would have been way easier to, and, and way, you know, mentally and physically healthier to just go along with whatever was going on on the radio instead of being like, he's trying to be different. Like, no, I just want to find something, the good stuff. Yeah. Is that, the,
0: was that, uh, cause I can relate to that cause in, uh, my world was very much like there were the new wave kids and the kids who got into punk and it was, it was not good for them. (laughs) It was was very much like a working class and there was a lot of stoners and there was a lot of like, you like metal or you're something is severely wrong with you. And it would, (laughs) and I mean, I, I got smacked around on the bus by the iron maiden guy.
1: (laughs) But But it's weird. Like, None of if hmm. in a lot of that kind of thing, if the people that were choosing those identities and as and using those as the reason to be harmful listened to, the, actually listened to the words of the things that they were into, they wouldn't do the things that they were doing. Yeah.
0: It was, I think uh, it was hugely the culture of my town of which was very, uh, you know, angry working class. And I think it just, <laughs> and, uh, and,
1: and it's it, like every, as far ahead. as like the metalers and the punkers and all that, except for the people that actually wanted to like listen to this music, a lot of it was just kids going to the Halloween shop and picking a mask and going, okay, I'm going to be Jason. You can be Michael. And this is how we're going to act to each other. I don't know, because realistically, in there, I, there's a lot of people that say, "Oh man, I'm into all kinds of music," and that is a good way to be. Except those people are, are, it's usually a fallacy. I, I personally think that there is some of every form of art, no matter what it is, that is is transcendently good, but nine nine point nine 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 you know of all art is total garbage and you have to sift through it and you have to find it and a good ruler of the, like a uh, a good ruler of this is um if somebody is promoting it it's usually garbage
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh and you d- Was this all coming together in your head at that young age? Uh Uh-huh.
1: That's just, it's obvious when you, you know, (laughs) it seems so obvious to me. Is why I can't stand things like, you know, tribalistic sports. Where on the other hand, if I think of a bunch of kids got together and just started running around the field, made up some uh, arbitrary rules and just started, you know, being healthy. That is amazing.
0: Do you see any of this with your own kids? Because I'm watching my, I, I have a f- daughter who's about to be six and the one and a half year old is really, uh, hold up. <laughs>
1: Maybe
0: I'm recording. Okay, you go talk to mama, please.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was doing all of this 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm doing, my- <laughs> it's just, it's funny because it's the
0: second time in two days I've been like, if you need something, go see mom. And then she still comes into my
1: workspace. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not going to stop. It's just, you know... Because I think, like, what could be so important that they wouldn't want to, you know, help me figure out, you know, this little thing? It just takes a second. Yeah, but it's... And they're, they're usually right. I think that you figuring out what show to show her is probably way more important than anything I could talk to you about.
0: Yeah, I tried. I just... Yeah, I and I it's hard cuz you get at least for me I get very uh tunnel vision and like I I probably cuz there's some issues in my brain but and it's like hard if I I'm, I'm like okay I got to get from point A to point B I get very locked in it but I have to literally stop and go This is your, like, I have to remind myself, like, get out of your crazy brain. Your kid is far more important than fucking anything on earth. (laughs) But it's like this, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that I have to, that I even have to stop and remind myself
1: of these things. But I don't, you know. And there's a lot of nuance to that. Because part of making them a better person is for them to understand that not everybody thinks is going to react to them as if, what they want is going to be the most important thing in the world and how they react to that and so on and so forth. And Oh man, just goes and goes. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I,
0: I and, and, and I think I, I approach parenting from like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to be my parents. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, or I don't want them to be, I don't know. I like, it's, it's hard not to project your own everything onto them. And it's, uh-huh. and it's like this mentally juggling act that is, it's
1: it's hard. One the the thing that I try to instill in them the most is that every single person has a different perspective. And that mine is not always gonna be the correct one, theirs is not always gonna be the correct one, but they're gonna be the ones that everybody actually has. So you got the so if you really want to make things best for everybody in a situation, you gotta try to at least think from everybody's perception of that of that event or what, what not. Yeah. Do you see your kids? Cause that was what I was
0: oddly about to ask. Like Going to, cause I see my daughter. Um, so suddenly she loves Jojo Siwa. And I was like, I asked my wife, I was like, where did this come from? Like, I'm like, I've never seen it on our TV. I've never seen. And she's like, it's the other kids at school. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, it's just like this innate need as humans to, f- sort of get on board what's a jojo (laughs) seawall it's i I didn't know until a couple days ago it's some youtube thing person and they you know it's like they're miley cyrus whatever Mm. that show was (laughs) Oh. <laughs> it's like the new generation of that stuff And I'm You know it's just fascinating Because I'm like to watch Like Because she's like I, she, I have heard her say Like I want to be like uh, You know I, I want to be like the other kids And I'm like Part of me uh, Like I'm like how do I That's not good <laughs> just, like, But that's also <laughs> normal To a degree I don't know it's, it's maddening Do you see that with your kids Or do you see yourself and your kids Where they're sort of like Questioning things
1: um, I mean, I hope that they would question things and I think that they do at, in in some form, but I try not to tell them what's good and what's bad. I try to tell them that in fact, you know, because I, uh, I try to tell them that just because I like something does not mean that it's good or that you should like it. Like, because all these latest Star Wars movies are total, not, not the best thing in the world. So just because I'm I have all this star Wars garbage around the house does not mean that, you know, solo is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and the same with, you know, so that, cause a lot of times they'll walk around the house with, you know, chief's gear because I think they want to make their mom happy because they, they see that she'll see that, they have an interest in the thing she has an interest in, but they rarely actually watch the games with her or anything. But I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that my wife has an interest in anything cause she works really hard at her job and it's very helpful for people and humanity in general. And so whatever floats her boat, whatever, you know, blows off some steam on her time off, you know, uh-huh go for
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's how I try to remind myself when I don't agree with what people how people spend their free time unless it's, you know, certain things. But I like I'm like life is <laughs> you know, like if you're I don't know, buying AK-47s, I'm going to have some judgment, but it's like right. but overall yeah. I'm like, man, life is just a fucking nightmare and then like whatever <laughs> whatever you do to just take that pressure off it sometimes like I'm 53 and it took me 53 years to sort of get a regular routine of meditating and not medicating myself with uh, copious amounts of alcohol so right
1: <laughs> yeah and I, I've, I I, I think it's 2016 I've been sober since then but I was like a bottle of Jameson a day person yeah were you a dad then uh-huh <laughs> I mean I didn't I only had three kids back then uh, yeah that's
0: I've read that you had three I didn't know that the other two came about so yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it was all been, I'm so healthy and I'm I, I, I have all this energy now that I lost a hundred pounds and uh, just you know healthy person I've, and the, the we were like okay this is probably our last chance to have one and then it was twins and then we've just been bowled over ever since I couldn't imagine.
0: I, I don't <laughs> like. I mean, I, we have two. Uh, we both freelance, and it's just like I, I. And my wife was gone working all day yesterday. I was like, "How the fuck do single parents do it?" Like this, I this. I had a day. I had six mm-hmm. hours where it was just me and them, and I was, and I was dreaming of that bottle of Jameson that I don't <laughs> drink. <laughs> yeah. But I'd look back because I was, I was like up there with you. I I don't think I was a bottle of Jameson, but I was, I was buying like the big bottle of tequila at Costco. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be an alcoholic, boy, oh boy, Costco is your friend.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I was never a, a bad alcoholic dad type of, you know, I, but I had a sense that if I didn't, Change my life immediately that who knows i could end up that way without even you know knowing i was doing it so that's all it took like change your life and just stop doing all this dumb shit yeah that's my wife gave me because i wasn't either
0: i was i was you know i'm irish so I, the, yeah, the joyous too. side comes out <laughs> it's like but she was just it was more like a health thing she was like you know and that's all it took. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, this is bad. And I don't want to be that example for my kids, which is, yeah. Cause that's what it was like. My grandfather owned taverns and it was just this romanticized thing. And once I've gotten distance from it, I've been like, this is not a
1: romantic thing. And this is like,
0: <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah. you know, I, I come from a long line of Irish wife beating alcoholics and, uh, <laughs> it ends here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I don't
0: want my daughter to. I remember thinking of like putting my, doing bedtime stories and just, I'm like,
1: oh, she's going to associate the smell of tequila with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have these, I have fun memories of, fond memories of, you know, my grandma reading me from my album covers, uh, smelling like a Harvey Wallbanger and like. That's, but okay. it's funny because I was always because I was a little kid into weird stuff so I remember like just cozying up and sh- since I didn't have any kid books around she you just read the lyrics for like <laughs> um, uh, this uh, like the, Gary Newman's the pleasure principle <laughs> as if it was like a fairy tale you that's wild we're engineers <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you think did it? Does that have anything to do with why you went into music, or did you know right away? Like, at- oh,
1: I always wanted to be in music. At first, yeah, always. It took forever to actually learn how to play a guitar correctly, but when I did, it was like, oh, this is it. I and then I was in, and then I had to play the fastest <laughs> and most complicated, you know things ever immediately or the weirdest most der- you know, like deranged barely sounds thing and then eventually calmed down and started figuring out how to write actual songs that's how old were you when you went actually started playing guitar when i started playing it correctly i was probably 13 but you know i had a guitar always always. And I would learn like a song or two, you know, a chord or two. And just when I would go back and forth on the high speed line to to my dad's on weekends, I would just bring my guitar and just be playing it on the, on the train and playing it. I was always playing it, but I didn't know how to play it. So I was, you know, I could (laughs) have, if I had known anything about half Japanese back then, I would have, you know, had a couple of box sets in me by the time I was 10, but I didn't. And, uh, you know, and I could never find anybody to play with either.
0: It Did you, a, even huh? though you weren't able to really play, were you creating? I was trying to, but it was like, eh, this is kind of garbage, but whatever. Was there anything <laughs> I, memorable from that that you created or was it? You no.
1: No. <laughs> like, <laughs> <what, what?
0: laughs>
1: like in kindergarten, having a song about dinosaurs, you know, that's about it. <laughs> and it's not good or anything. It's just open string. Ding, 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 ding. Was the, I, when you
0: started writing songs, was there a pro, like, a process of figuring that out? Or once you learned the guitar, was it just to that? Cause you're, I mean, you're fucking prolific. It's like, I, I, I found a Reddit page that some guy broke down every band that you've created or played with. And there was 50 of them.
1: Huh. Uh, that's probably pretty uh, probably correct <laughs> i mean that's in
0: that's pretty wild like i was just like blown away by that
1: it's wild but like how many of them can you hum can you hum along to right now <laughs> you know uh Ooh.
0: When did you... Was it immediately like you're like, all right, I'm serious about this. This is going to be my life.
1: I was always serious, but I could never find anybody to be serious with. I never, ever found somebody that would try to just do the things. And I didn't have any money, so I was always just building amps out of toys around the house and breaking shit. Like that Panasonic tape recorder I was telling you about, if you take the two wires off of the, away from the recording heads or the play heads and then you attach them to a wire and put it inside your electric guitar a sound will come out and it'll be, and that was how i would make my first amplifiers just out of like clock radios and things like that and just so the louder sound would come out and try to make it sound like you know something tough <laughs> and uh and then i got a let's see, like a, a, one of those boom boxes with a, with the dual cassettes and figured out how to like, try to um, record and put a mic in and, you know, add to it every time. And I was trying to write music that way, but it, well, I mean, it was more like learning how to record things, how, what the concept of adding things to things way before, you know, there was no garage band 40 years ago. Um, but I don't know how interesting this is. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated
0: because I'm just the the fact that you were a kid and just figuring this shit out on your own is
1: mind blowing to me. But so it was just trying to get my wrap my head around the concept of adding sounds to sounds somehow. Um, but then I didn't have much room for you know making good sounds or anything like that. But I I would make stuff. that was just sub interesting. Um, and then the day I met like the first guy that actually was interested in anything and knew how to do anything this guy Travis Nelson um, he was like oh yeah we should start we should play some music and by that the end of that day I had my first band and had written like four songs and maybe one of them we actually played <laughs> And the and with that, and then we put out three records and that was my first band.
0: Do, do you still
1: experiment with
0: electronic equipment that way or is that not needed anymore? If I had the time,
1: <laughs> I mean, um, let's see, I'm looking around right now. What have I, I've, I've been, I have a copious collection of <laughs> of, of uh, Messed around speaking spells and stuff like that. Um, Probably not too much. I'm always trying to do something. Can is this? um, Is is, uh, can you see me right now?
0: No, I can't.
1: can't. Oh,
0: I wonder what's going on there. I can see your screensaver, which is from Taxi Driver, which I want. (laughs) Um, because i was like palatine and then it i've i can't count how many times (laughs) i've seen taxi driver yeah
1: it's a good example of a lot of things i was thinking about that a lot lately in fact like what the bully person does uh, with their trajectory and how many things are you know is taxi driver an example of a bully person who took the proper direction or like I don't know. <laughs> oh i am I f I'm I'm one of those guys that's totally into you know Holden Caulfield and 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 <laughs> things of that ilk. Uh, the graduate and <laughs> punch Drug love, just the confused angry guy that doesn't know what to do with all his energy. And, and wondering if like by the end of it, oh, they decided to be a total piece of shit with it or they learned that, oh yeah, everybody goes through this and this is just another, you know, another hurdle over not being an asshole.
0: Yeah. I'm attracted to those characters as well. I remember I had an English teacher who would go outside of, he would give me books that were not on the reading list and he gave me like, uh, gregory dick gregory's autobiography which from the back of the bus no it's the n-word one oh thus <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean that's the title of it and he was like he gave me that and he gave me catcher in the rye which was not on our school's <laughs> reading list and it was like you know but like how great to have a teacher who was like took an interest in, in me and was like and he knew i liked jazz and all this shit so he was like he knew i wasn't a normal kid in my town <laughs> yeah
1: i had a teacher like that too mr reed marvin reed but he passed before i could ever find him to like thank him and really bum me out he's a, like i even thanked him on like the first record i ever did like there's a lyric in the song like about thanking him for not being a jerk yeah. It's, uh, my school district
0: was pretty lousy. It was like the worst one in the state of Illinois. And like, there was not like, I, I passed classes. I clearly shouldn't have passed. I mean, I was curious, but he was a guy that made, it's like, all right. Like he knew I wanted to learn. He just knew I wasn't going to do it the way that the shitty school was doing it. And it's like, I wish I could find him. His name's Mike Scott. And the only other Mike Scott <laughs> I could find is the front man for the water boys. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that isn't my teacher yeah or the dude in the office oh that's right (sighs) uh were
1: you kind of were you bullied and were you oh yeah i was i people talk about being bullied and i go and i always think like that was it like you did no concussions i mean it was a daily thing no matter where i was in new jersey it happened in california it happened um It was, you know, everybody, I was, I was a pretty good punching bag for a lot of people. So I learned how to take a punch pretty good back then. But I found out, you know, in later years that I lost that ability. (laughs) (laughs) As in you would throw back the punch or you just. No, I could not handle it. Oh, (laughs) well, I guess I'm out for the day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I got, it's funny. And like, not to like, I got bullied pretty hard too. And it wasn't that. It was not the typical like oh I'm gonna run home from school thing because I'm not I'm gonna get a noogie. It was like I got the shit kicked out of me and yeah, I got that's how it is. And I got like I would say severely abused by a group of football players to bring it mm-hmm. back. <laughs> That'll happen. And That'll it was happen. like I I remember telling a therapist about some of the stuff and to see your therapist's face drop is a real achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was. <laughs> And it's like, it's weird because I, you've, and I was just curious if you, once that sort of becomes a part of who you are when that's ingrained into you as a young kid, I felt like I carried that for years where mm-hmm. like in a bar or something, a those, the older version of those bullies would find me. <laughs> it was like, right. It was like the cycle. Like, I, I think I snapped out of it. At, I think bartending actually made me snap out of it because I had to be the aggressor in a lot of ways. But not, and that's something I'm not good at. But it's just interesting that, right. like, you carry that shit with you for fucking ever. And it's like, people can smell it on you.
1: Yeah. It's, it's wild. <laughs> like, people go, like, you're just trying to, you know, he's trying to, you know, there's some kind of weird psychological thing with them where they think that you're trying to purposefully be a target. And that was, I don't understand people thinking that about anybody or wanting to be that. I don't understand also the kind of rebellion that people would think that I was doing like, Oh, he really hates his parents. He's trying to make them. No, I'm just trying to do the right thing, man. (laughs) I don't understand the rebel, just straight up reactionary rebellion if you're not trying to make anything better then, then just making a mess but uh, <laughs> fuck I was I had something <laughs> 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 uh oh shit what were we talking about there? uh hold oh yeah and uh, yeah. bullying uh um, or the teachers teach uh <laughs> Yeah, it's weird when you get older and you and and it's really true that that the adults are just, you know, the kids a few years older and not really any more responsible in general, teacher wise. Yeah. Like, I have you wow, could just get away with doing that. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say though. I was like I, the my first day of kindergarten I fell in with a couple of kids and you know, like, Oh, I'll go hang it, hang out at your house afterwards. And one of them, and I tried to leave and one of them pulled a knife on me and said, you can't go, you can't go. And it was getting later and later. And I remember that, you know, it was getting dark outside. And I got home after eight o'clock and, uh, and there was like a hockey game on. And my parents, my, my mom and my stepfather were like, where were you? You're so late. You should have been here hours ago. It's like, sorry, I couldn't leave. I my, this guy pulled a knife on me and he told me I couldn't leave. And, they were like, they, they're like, okay, if you're, no, really, really, he pulled a knife on you? Like, yeah. And like, and they they made it so like, if I was to, they made it so that I couldn't tell the truth. I had to guess, you know, basically say, I guess he didn't and it's my fault. And that, you know, you learn pretty fast that,
0: I don't know what you learned from that. <laughs> you no, know, I relate cuz I had the same I had an abusive teacher in second grade and I would tell my mom she that she would like get physical with the other students and my mom didn't believe me and I would be right. terrified to go to school. And right. she just thought I exaggerated and it's like I guess I was an imaginative kid but who you know, I'd create bears I talked to not fucking abusive teachers. Right. <laughs> it's like where's yeah. it was just But yeah, and then it's like you don't feel safe, and you the people who you're supposed to feel safe with, and that's another thing you carry for a long time because you don't feel safe in the world, or I didn't feel safe in the world.
1: Yeah, well, you probably shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, (laughs) it's not nobody's out to get you, but they are out to make their lives easier no matter who they run over.
0: Yeah. How do you find you navigate this sort of information with your children? Because I've tried to, like, my daughter will be upset because somebody says something to her. And I'm like, first of all, people just say shit and they're full of shit. And like, it's right. like, it's such a complicated, I mean, it's, and it's hard to put that, like, well, explain that to a five-year-old.
1: The school that they were in before COVID was a, you know, a a really cool school where they wouldn't put up with anything like that. It was like an artistic school and uh, all forms of, you know, everybody was given a platform and bullying was not happening. And, uh, you know, and uh, so uh, they haven't really had to deal with too much of that. And good, you know, it's not like there was a thing like, well, they have to learn early. They get, get, you know, come out of the jungle, you know, learning how to fight. And maybe they don't, you know, maybe not everybody has to learn how to try not to be an asshole. Maybe people just be nice and continue to be nice without having to go through somebody's idea of a fucking hazing session, you know, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then what happens with the next generation? Oh, wait—they didn't go through the hazing section. We—we we really got to get this hazing thing going. You know? <laughs> yeah. Did
0: was was music an escape for you when you were a
1: kid going through all this stuff? I mean, that's... probably. I mean, I really like books and music and stuff. But I mean, I you know, I just liked stuff that I liked. I don't know if the term escape really fit anything. Um, I would rather be doing that kind of thing than anything else, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Easy answer. Sure. <laughs> but, but the concept of, but seriously, what is the concept of, is that an escape for you? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you I say- have this thing. I have this terrible thing of needing to be as honest as possible. Anytime I talk about anything. So sometimes it just leads me nowhere. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't take that as nowhere.
0: I mean, it, it made me think, to be quite honest. Because I was like... Because, I, I don't know. Then I was like, did I just like these things or was I escaping as a kid? Because I always thought... I don't know. I feel like it was. I liked weird things, but I I hit it.
1: I, I Not everything has to be a reaction to horribleness. That's a good line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you get to California was that a childhood were you still a kid
1: yeah like sixth grade oh really I would you know go back and forth between Oceanside and New Jersey like uh, like Malton Medford (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah yeah, so sometimes I'd spend a a few seasons in one place and back and forth so I'd still get the dirtbaggery of you know you know listening to venom in the in the in the pines and uh also in in california watching having to sit through that's part of usa culture which weirdly enough was filmed in new jersey <laughs>
0: <laughs> so california wasn't a new sort of new world
1: it was a new world it was it was an entirely different thing but you know better or worse I don't know like I I do daydream of being able to go back to like Collingswood or something and just having a place there with my kids and raising them where you can breathe in there's seasons and all that the the people like to oh say that it's overstated about the seasons but I mean you're only human once man and it's good to get all of those things in
0: yeah, I've been, especially after summer in California, I'm just like, like the fucking endless heat. It, it does not go, <laughs> I, well, we're both, I got Irish genetics, so I'm just like, right. it, it's existential at times. And I'm just like, it, I yearn for that, for autumn and that coolness <laughs> and a <Yeah>. fucking sweater. <laughs> yeah, I, I write about it
1: way too often,
0: I think. But it's <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. Everyone always talks about how great summer
1: is. And I'm like, why? Like, there's not that. <laughs> like... Well, I've, I've learned to enjoy summer finally, now that I'm old, uh, and older. <laughs> um, yeah. And just always want to be you know, in, in Hawaii, <laughs> just, you know, breathing in the trade winds. and Yeah. I, I guess... want to be snorkeling and, and like under the water F- fucking around with fish And, and just <laughs> Like look at that thing It's real It's right there And it's been there this whole time But nobody notices Because nobody goes Three feet under the water I really dig it I've never done that
0: I wanna I want to Every time I like Get into the ocean I'm like oh this is great And then I won't do it For like a year or two
1: <laughs> Uh I, yeah, I, I've always been really good at body surfing and never tried to use a board because I considered it bourgeois or whatever. But I, this year was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to surf. And I like finally there was an opportunity to hang out with a friend of mine and he brought a board and it's like, okay, here's what you do. Now do this. And I immediately broke a rib. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, where am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe in a couple days we'll come back. Yeah, uh,
0: That's funny because I've been entertaining the idea. I was like, I should learn how to surf. But I'm also, it's like, I'm also 53 and I'll probably, right. that
1: won't go well. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Who knows? So, I mean, I, at least now I know what muscles to exercise. Because, I mean, yeah, different ones than I do exercise. <laughs> yeah. But I always feel like,
0: mentally better after a day at the ocean like it seems there's like Mm. surely something that gets cleared out of the noggin that makes me feel like a better human
1: yeah totally like there's oxygen and it just goes on forever and you can see there's a permanence to looking out there you know yeah permanence of of of, of nothing (laughs) do you do you meditate or anything I fucking wish I could. I I, I don't have the I, people, I it's I can't. I try and I try. Even when I was a little kid, you know, <laughs> I'd read like Carlos Casanata books and be like, okay, I bet I could do this without drugs. <laughs> Concentrate on the edge of a surface and where thing where things start to, you know uh, uh, shades start to become different shades and, and edges become nothing and deeper and deeper and deeper into that. And that was as close as I got to being able to do it. But yeah, you know, did you can't do, do it now? <laughs>
0: did you do any of the Carlos? Cause I used to take acid and do the Carlos Castaneda stuff when I was nah. like 18, <laughs> <laughs> we'd like run down I mean, alleys with our eyes closed and stuff like, and find
1: the void <laughs> in my friend's basement. I I did a lot of stuff like that, but without the drugs, I mean, it was. It's all mental anyway. The drugs just help you along, like to see that that's where that door is. Once you could do it without that, then it, then yeah, it's still like not the greatest way to spend time. But yeah, if you need to relax, I mean, it's not very relaxing to me. Didn't? <laughs> and I to God, I dearly want to learn how to relax. Yeah, it's
0: I and I'm not trying to hawk it, but I took a transcendental meditation class like a Mm -hmm. month ago,
1: and it's... Feel free to hawk it. I want to get down with it. A lot of, like, so many cool people do it, you know? That's the thing is I started working with a dude who does it,
0: and it was like, he's just so and i have other friends who did it and i've tried various forms of meditation like i've like for like 15 years i've been like okay i'll try this i'll try this and the only thing that i think helps and it's like the great there's nothing like they're not like pushing any spirituality on you they just mm-hmm. leave that to you if you want to Yeah. so it's not like which I think there is a reputation of people like oh it's gut and I'm like no one said shit to me they taught me how to do (laughs) like they taught me how to do this thing and then I went on my way and that was it but the thing that I think it it helps me with it because I have a very active mind and I don't know how to relax either and like every fucking moment of my life is like I should be doing something right instead of watching this movie (laughs) but they give you a mantra so you have a So it's a, it's not a, it's just like a sound or a word that you, that you focus on. So it's not like you're trying to focus on breathing. You have something that you could sort of repeat in your head as you sort of desire. And if it fades, it fades. So that having something to focus on is
1: what helped me because otherwise I'll be, you know, doing my shopping list. (laughs) I think having a mantra would be the thing that makes me not focus the most. (laughs) That whole concept of having a mantra and, and like just that alone is, it's is a boogaboo to me somehow, but the idea of having to repeat it over and over again, ooh, that keeps me the heebie-jeebies.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it goes away too, though. It's not like this constant thing. Like I'll forget about it and like it just sort of, so if I get, if the brain wanders off, I can, it just sort of brings me back. <laughs> I don't know I but yeah uh, I get you it's meditation is... it's like that's why
1: there's techno music because people <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> although okay here's the thing our mantras and I I'm not asking you to tell me yours or anything like that but I wonder if mantras are how many <laughs> you know how many syllables are generally in a mantra if there is there one that creates its own, you know, uh, form of, you know, depending on how long the word is, or how, or even how you pronounce it in your culture. Yeah. Like I wonder if that changes because somebody's like, just saying uh, your mantra is no, but if you're, you know, from New Zealand, you're like niuialui. I think, like, I don't
0: think it's like supposed to really matter. Like, it's not like the word or whatever it is has some kind of like magical power. They don't say, throw that at you at all. Cause I'm like, I've been wondering, I'm like, has has this changed? And I'm like, I guess it doesn't really matter. Because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, did I forget it? And I'm just saying something completely different. (laughs) Am I saying, Uh. am I repeatedly saying cheese in another language? (laughs) 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 Which I might be, and that's, I don't, I just, I know, and maybe I just, my addictive manner just needs something to have a couple times a day that and that's so i feel better i don't know i know there's science behind meditation like that's
1: legit that makes total sense i i feel that most quote unquote spirituality and religion religious practices are just abused science like just the eye the act of praying is you know of course it feels good you put your hands together like that and you and you sit there and you breathe easy with your hands to your chest with your arms to your chest it just feels good (laughs) than to say that oh we're doing this because of this bullshit reason (laughs) (laughs) do you have any are you at all no (laughs) I don't believe in anything that you have to believe yeah
0: It's weird. Did you find, because when I had kids, I was like, do I need to,
1: like, there's like those weird, like, (laughs) it was never more obvious that that was all a crock of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't
0: even necessarily mean like a God or anything, but I'm like, do I need to have, uh, I don't know about you, like, how old were you when you had your first kid?
1: Fuck, I don't know. (laughs) I've been on my, I I, I try to sit in on my wife's trivia team (laughs) and so many questions are. Oh, what year did this happen? And like so uh, I don't know what year that was. I don't know how, well, how old I was for any of that stuff. I mean, if <laughs> it's the closest I come to that whole you know, what what is it? A uh, glitch in the matrix.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah, for me to ask that question is fucked up because I have to sneak my wife's license to see when her birthday is. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like I have to really think about it when somebody asks me what year my wife, uh, my daughter was like, and uh, right. to- everything's kind of a blur to me. And I'm like, isn't it the way, I don't know, not to sound really fucking hippy <laughs> well, dippy, but time's kind of a, it's like a very post-industrial thing of like nine to five and time we gotta
1: stick. it's like people they're... well it's somebody else's concept of, of reality really That, but it's yeah. uh, you know it's um, oh fucking what's the word you can put it you can set it oh <laughs> uh, fucking obvious word construct yeah, I'm an idiot no uh, it's blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah blah it starts at one is here and five is there Blah, blah, blah Anyway, sorry.
0: No, I just felt when I had my first kid, like I had, because I was forties, and I don't—I'd been a fuck off my whole life. Like I had no, I had no responsibility, and I suddenly mm. found myself like really,
1: like who, like I, I think that you did though. I was—I was starting to think lately that I think that's what life is. That's what propels life. Uh, an enjoyable life at all is a responsibility, but people's idea of what spons- responsibility means, like you say uh, you want to get a set together, you have a responsibility. It's a responsibility for fun, or it's a, not necessarily a responsibility for anyone else, but your happiness. But like, oh shit, if I'm going to have this kind of uh, fun, I got, I'm responsible for setting you know, the cards this way. No, that's, you have a lot of wisdom, Rob Crow? Uh,
0: (laughs) But it's true. It's like, I just had to, you know, my, I did like, that's true. I just, but I, in everybody else's view, I was like this guy who, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have credit. Like I, I didn't have bad credit. I had no credit. and I'm like and I didn't give a fuck until I like got a kid and I was like (laughs) well I guess I should have credit
1: (laughs) right I guess I I should work on this thing I am I don't know how. uh, possibly I don't know what the word the alternative word to blessed is but uh, to have a a partner that is all about doing that stuff like is (laughs) um, knows how to you know figure out all the you know what credit is, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a load of bullshit because my credit right. union gave it to me and I was like, oh, you can just give this to somebody?
1: Like, that's bullshit. I, it's, when I start having to learn other people's constructs of how I'm supposed to you know, live my life or or earn th- anything, I just shut down usually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. And somehow I've credit be- score
0: uh, uh yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I became the one who's in charge of that shit in my relationship because my Ooh. wife my wife I'm is funny. the smart one. Like she has yeah. That's me here too. And I just don't <laughs> and I'm somehow I'm the money guy and I'm like I'm the money guy who would blow his rent drinking? Like that's not Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, I, I'm definitely not the family money guy. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the, the only good thing is that I can still, I can go buy records
0: and I don't get, you know, because I'm like, yeah, I have money to buy records when I don't. That's the only bad thing I do now. <laughs> but she will but they, you know, half the time they they come in the mail. So she's right. like, oh, here's another one. I'm like, and then I'll make some kind of vague statement of how it could quite possibly have come from a label.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have no reason to to make up stories to <sighs> my wife or anything. Oh, she knows I'm uh, full of shit. I, it's, yeah. it's more of just a game. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I would. I, I try to stay away from games in general when it comes to social, uh, uh, you know, interaction. <laughs> I'm, i I. I. Uh, it. It. It weirds me out. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I I have this problem with honesty where I'm just like, yeah, it's probably, i probably take it too far, but I don't know. No, that's a good problem. I think,
0: to, <laughs> I mean, I do, I think like, and I, it's, it's strange that we have to navigate like saying the truth often. And I'm like, this is why everything sucks, <laughs> especially like in where I live in Los Angeles where no one like says It's like we should say the movie sucks. Like let's, because maybe they'll stop making shitty movies if we would just (laughs) fucking say they suck. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone pretends it's like you know has,
1: have its uh, has its uh, moments. Yeah, I mean, but then again, like I was saying, same same with all forms of art. Even a lot of people's idea of the shittiest movie in the world is something I totally love. True,
0: (laughs) and that's something I'm trying to. Because I guess I was a judgmental
1: dick for a long time in the, in that regard. Oh, that's good. Be a judgmental dick. I mean, your opini- opinions are like assholes, because if you don't use yours, you will explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Steve
0: Albini, like, he shits on a lot of stuff. and Good. <laughs> yeah. And people, you know. I think people fear that, like, I think people fear being that, blunt but i'm like wouldn't it be better if we could just say it and then talk about it instead of like argue about it like actually talk about it
1: (laughs) is that dreamy (laughs) (laughs) no it's cool man
0: thank you very much for listening to this episode of conversations with dwyer if you want to continue listening to me and rob crow or rob crow and i talk go to my patreon the we'll link you to it and become a subscriber. Five bucks, you could listen to the rest of the conversation. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with The Wire. Please become a Patreon subscriber. If you like, also subscribe to the show. On your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or themattdwire.com or conversations with Dwyer at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening.